ELC Radio. Love God. Lift others. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. To Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Next month, I'm excited to start a new series, but this month, to get us going in the new year, I just wanted to kind of do some one-offs, okay? And a one-off is just something that's in my spirit. It's just a message that I believe that God is going to bless you with to help you in this new year, because we have to determine that 2020 is going to be a year unlike any other. Can I get an amen on that? It's up to you and I to make sure that our year is a better year. It's a new year, yes, but we got to make sure it's going to be a better year instead of just repeating the same old, same old. And so in order to do that, we need revelation from God. We need direction from God. And so one of the things that's just been on my heart today is to talk to you about rewards and consequences. Rewards and and consequences. That's what I'm titling this message today. Rewards and consequences. Because I believe in this day and age, Christians don't know enough about the rewards. And sometimes we don't know enough about the consequences. And when you don't know about the rewards or the consequences, we begin to live life very sloppy. Amen? We begin to live life like it doesn't matter. And we begin to say things that just aren't true. And we, we adopt that as doctrine. We say things that sound good, but it's not doctrinally cor- correct. How many, how many know what I'm talking about? We say things like, well, if it's the Lord's will, it's going to work. But how many know this? Let me bust your bubble today. That's not true. Well, if the Lord wants me to have it, I'm going to have it. That's not true. Can I help you today? I want to help you today because if you live like that, that's ignorance. And you're going to miss a ton of blessings. And let me prove it to you. How many of you know it is not the Lord's will that kids get sexually abused? But it's happening in the earth today. It is not the will of God that people are starving in other nations. But it's happening in the world we live in today. It is not the will of God that people are murdered, raped, People are hurt. People are rejected. People are on drugs. That's not God's will. And don't you dare say it is because you have no scripture to back that up. But yet it is in our reality. So tell your neighbor, quit saying that. 
Amen? Can we fix this in our own mindset? Quit saying it. Well, if it's the will of God, I'll, I'll have it. It's not true. That is a sloppy philosophy. That is a philosophy based on somebody that doesn't know God's word. Amen? Life is about rewards and consequences. It's what it's about. And it's always been about that. It's about understanding the rewards. And some of us don't understand the rewards. That's why we never do anything for God. Some of us don't understand the consequences of our disobedience, which is why we never leave disobedience. And we stay tipping and tapping. We stay smoking weed. We stay getting drunk because we just think, well, it doesn't matter. If, and we say things like, if the Lord wants me to stop drinking, he'll just take it from me. <laughs> you laugh, but I've heard that. Well, if the Lord, you know, he, if he didn't want me to sleep around, he wouldn't have made me look so good. <laughs> but what is it? It's not understanding the rewards and the consequences. Look, let's look way back in Deuteronomy chapter 30, 15 through 20. Look on the screen there. It says this. This is what God's saying. See, I've set before you today life and good. I'm reading for, uh, from the New King James in this one. I've set before you today life and good, death and evil. And in that, I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. Somebody say, that's my promise. Now, let's keep reading. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over to the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I have set before you. Here it is. Life and death. Blessing and cursing. And then he gives us the answer to the test. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants or your family or your children may live, that you may love the Lord your God and that you may obey his voice. Listen to this. And that you may cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, you're already here. I feel it, I sense it, but I pray right now that your anointing to preach and pull down strongholds in our mind would be present. Lord, I pray that your word would impact our hearts and cause us to change. Speak and alter destinies today, Lord God. Get someone off the wrong path and put them on the right path and break chains off of our thinking today so that we can inherit the rewards and be aware of the consequences. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. The sooner you learn this, the better off you'll be, and that is this. Life is and always will be about choices. It's about choices. You're not aimlessly going through life and going to stumble upon the will of God. 
it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. Life is about the choices you make, what you choose to do with the life that God has given you. Life is and always will be about choices. Now understand this, every reward, every choice has a reward or a consequence. If you're a parent today, it is your job to teach your kids that there are rewards and consequences for their actions. It is your job to make sure that your child, by the time they leave your home, understands that there are rewards for good behavior and there are consequences for bad behavior. And everybody said, now that sounds elementary, but we live in a day right now where people don't want to understand rewards and consequences. I see parents raising their kids, choosing not to consequence them. Choosing not to consequence them because, oh, you know, that's my mijito and, you know, I, I don't want to see him sad. And so parents sometimes withhold discipline thinking we're doing a favor to our child except we're doing them a disservice. A disservice of not teaching them that when you do the wrong thing, there is consequences to it. If you disobey mom and dad, there's a consequence. Come on, somebody. If you don't get good grades, there's a consequence. Yeah, but, you know, I just... No, no you're, if you're not consequencing your children for bad behavior, you are doing them a disservice. Tell your neighbor, this is good preaching. You that don't have kids, listen up. Get this right now. Because this is something that the Bible has taught us we've got to do. We've got to teach people their rewards and consequences. And we live in a generation right now that wants to ignore consequences. My children know that when they do good, there's rewards for that. But if they break the rules that my, that my wife and I have set in our home, there's a consequence. If you bring home a report card with bad grades, don't expect to have a phone. Don't expect to have a phone. Don't expect to play on the video game system that we bought when your report card, oh, I'm helping somebody today. I'm setting somebody free. Because there's a consequence to your disobedience of not doing your part. Can I get a good strong amen on here? See, that's always been the case. And your heavenly father since the beginning has tried to tell you, hey, there's rewards and there's consequences. It translates into the New Testament as well. The New Testament tells us basically this. If you live for God or you live for yourself, the choice is yours. Do you guys realize this? God's in God's infinite wisdom. He never wanted robots. You know what makes you higher than the angels? Don't ever say, well, my, my deceased loved one is an angel now. No. Angels are below us. Stop saying that. Your, your friend that passed away is not an angel. If he's a born-again believer, he's higher than the angels. Listen, we judge angels when we go to heaven. And you want to know what makes us higher than the angels? 
Saints are higher than the angels. You want to know why? Because we chose God. Angels were created to serve God. Now, sure, some did choose and went with, with Satan and his angels. But the choice that God gives us actually empowers us to do something. You know what it empowers us to do? Love. How many of you know love is a choice? Love's a choice. And when we choose God, that does something to the Lord. He's always wanted this thing between you and I to be a choice. I don't want my wife to, to, to love me because if she doesn't, I'll hit her with something. I don't want that kind of love. I don't want my kids to love me because they're afraid of me. I want them to choose me. Amen? And God wants that too. But here's the beautiful thing about our life. God wants you to choose him. He don't make you serve him. And at any time, all of us here have the opportunity to walk away from him. But the love is in the choice. And the choice comes with a reward or a consequence. If you choose the world, there's consequences to that. If you choose God, there's rewards. Look at Romans chapter 8, 5 through 9. I want to read this to you here in the uh, Passion Translation. It says this, Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits them. Let me read that part again. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits them. I'm going to come back to that. Listen to this next part. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the mindset of the flesh is death. But the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights against God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction because it cannot. Look at this next part. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by their flesh. Now, what is the controlling by the flesh? Living for yourself. Living for what you get out of every situation. That's being controlled by the flesh. Now, look at this next part. Um, But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit. And if you're not joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, you're not of Him. Basically, it comes down to this. The choice, the choice is ours. To serve God, here it is, or to serve ourselves. Did you know the opposite of God is not Satan? It's not Satan. He's nowhere near the opposite of God. I mean, God is vast, immeasurable. Satan is measurable. And Satan cannot be, he is, he is not omnipresent. He is nowhere near the opposite of God. He would be like a flea to God being the biggest dinosaur. No comparison. You know who the biggest enemy of our relationship with God is? It's our flesh. It's wanting to run the ship. It's wanting to control the life. 
You know, in the, in the early, I think it was early 1900s, they came out with a satanic Bible. And I believe the author was it, was of it was a guy by the name of Anton LaVey. And he actually lived later on in, when the satanic church started. But did you know what the satanic Bible, you can go home today and say, our pastor preached about the satanic Bible today. <laughs> the satanic Bible has one command. And the one command to God's ten God has 10 commandments, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. The satanic commandment has one command so that you can encompass the whole thing, and it's this, do what you want. Do what you want. That's the only command in the satanic Bible. You know, somebody might say, well, dang, that sounds really good. It might sound really good because some of you are living according to it. But let me just tell you this, there's consequences to that life. But I don't want to be that, I don't want that to be the focus today. I do need to mention it. But what I want you to see today is the rewards for living for God. And the reason I always want to be a church that emphasizes the rewards, because the Bible tells me this, that it's the goodness of God that draws men to him. What brings us to the Lord should not be that we're afraid to go to hell. It should be that we experience the blessings of why we serve God. So can I just take a moment and give you some of those things today? Would that be all right? I'm going to do it anyway. Amen. Hebrews 11.6, look it up on the screen here. It says this, but without, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, now listen to this next part, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. It's not enough to believe that God is there. I think the church has done a pretty good job of of getting people to see that God is there. But what people don't understand is that he is there and that he is a rewarder if you pursue him. Can I get an amen on that? He's a rewarder. See, most of us came in, the first time you came into church, you might have been afraid the roof was going to collapse on you because you only knew God as a judge. If you only read the New Testament, the Old Testament, you experience God as a judge. He's always there to judge your sins and your shortcomings. And, you know, even early Christianity That's all they would tell you. Be careful. God's going to get you. You know, I I hear parents from my mom and dad, they would tell me what it was like to be a Christian in their day and age where it was a sin to go to the movies. And they used to tell them, if Jesus comes and you're watching a movie, you ain't going because he's going to judge your sin. And basically, they lived under, when my grandfather's churches, you know, uh, they lived under this thing that anything fun was of the flesh. So anything fun was bad. How many say, say, thank God we're delivered. Amen. We're under freedom. We ain't going back to that. But that's how they lived. And they lived more with an understanding of God as judge than God as rewarder. Now, look what it says here in this scripture. That without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Basically, what that's saying is this. The kind of faith that pleases God is the faith that believes that God rewards. The kind of faith 
that pleases God is the faith that believes that God rewards. Man, God loves that when we understand him and who he is. You know why he loves it? Because it proves that we're listening to him. Because what he's trying to get you to see is you do not need to fear God in the sense of being afraid every time you make a mistake. But you should be able to come to God because every time you come to him, you believe he's going to reward you. I learned a long time ago that I'm not afraid to suffer for God. I'm not afraid to be put in tough situations because I understand my pursuit of God is always going to lead to a reward. Why? Because I believe he's a rewarder to those that diligently seek him. And some of you do too. I made mention of our incredible praise team and I always pray for them because I see their sacrifice. I see them during the week, some of them coming in on, when they're coming in on Wednesdays to practice, they practice from 7 and they stay till sometimes 9.30, even 10 o'clock at night. They do that every week and they come in early. Some of y'all don't see, they come and set up for you and then they practice and then they sing and then afterwards they break down. And I pray for them. I pray for them, but I also know this, that kind of service comes with a reward. I pray for our guitar player, Diego, as he drives all the way from Vacaville. He drives past some incredible churches that I'm sure would love to have him playing in their bands. They'd love to have him playing in those bands. But he comes here out of obedience to his spirit. And I pray this, God, show him you're a rewarder. I pray for our awesome ushers that got to be here at 8 o'clock to set up. And they get up early after a week of working hard and dealing with stuff. And they come in and they undo the chairs and, and, and the place is still freezing and they do that. But my prayer is this, that God, show them the rewards. And my prayer for each one of you today is this, that you learn that God is a rewarder. He's a rewarder. Do you know what some Christians just believe? That he's there just to take your fun. They believe that God is a taker. They see scriptures in the Old Testament about sacrifices, and that's all they can think of is God is trying to get me to sacrifice. He's trying to get this from me. He's trying to keep me humble. No, the God you serve is a God of rewards. And understanding that should give you fuel to do whatever he asks you to do. Daniel chapter eleven thirty two. I want to drop this in your spirit today. Daniel, the book of Daniel is an amazing book, and it's very pertinent for the days we live in today. Now, Daniel eleven thirty two says something incredible, and this is why I'm talking to you about this today, because it says this. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. Listen to this next part. But the people who know their God, shall be strong and carry out great exploits. The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Not average exploits. Great exploits. Not an average life. A great life. Not an average marriage. 
a great marriage, not average kids, great kids, not an average business, a great business. Are you tracking with me today? But there's one prerequisite that you got to do. You got to know God. So I pray every week. I do my best to study the word so that I can do my best to show you God. Because if I could get you to know God and every time you meet with me, point you to God, you're going to do all right. You're going to do all right. Because this Bible tells me that if I just know my God, I'll be strong and carry out great exploits. That is my heart for you. I pray that becomes your heart as well, because you were not called to live mediocre. We're called to do great exploits. But here's where we get caught up. We don't understand rewards and consequences. Now, the book of Daniel also talks about a day that I believe is the equivalent of where we are today. We live in a day where the culture is pressuring you to be like it. The culture in America is trying, you to, get, trying to get you to relate more to it than you relate to God. The culture today speaks loud. It tries to make you feel stupid for serving God. It tries to make you feel like you're missing out because you're serving God. That's the voice of the culture we live in today, the voice of the world. Now, in the book of Daniel, Daniel experienced this. In Daniel's time, the Hebrews were dominated by an advanced civilization called the Babylonians. And the Babylonians were this advanced civilization where they were, they were more advanced than any other culture in the world at this time. And at this time, they had managed to conquer their known world. And they brought other nations into captivity. And one of the things the Babylonians did was they brought their culture into every nation. And a mandate went out from King Nebuchadnezzar. And that's where I want to drop this in your spirit today. Look at Daniel chapter 1. You can look on the screen. I want to set this up for you as as we're talking about rewards It says this, then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, the young men in which there was no blemish. They were good looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand. They had the ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank and three years of training of them so that at the end of the time they might serve before the king. What is happening here? The king has taken the best of the best out of the people of God, the children of Israel. And he said, give me their best and I'm going to indoctrinate them. I'm going to teach them. I'm going to feed them. And they're going to learn to rule in our kingdom. The spirit of the world's doing the same thing to our children today. It's trying to take people out of the house of God, trying to get you to subscribe to the world's way of doing business, the world's way of dating, the world's way of marriage, 
the world's way of raising your kids. And many people in the church are listening to it. And we're getting all this confusion. Why? Because the world is doing what King Nebuchadnezzar did, trying to get God's best and make it his. There's a war, my my brother and sister, over your soul, over your life. The world wants to take your life and use it to establish the world's kingdom. But you know what? God's got a better plan. God wants to use you to establish his kingdom. But remember, the choice is yours. And so let's keep reading. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies, of the wine which he drank, the three years of training, so that at the end of the time they might serve before the king. But look at this. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor would he drink the wine which they drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Guys, this is what we're talking about here. The world's recruiting, it's calling, but we got to have a Daniel spirit that says, I will not defile my God. I will not follow the voice of the world. I don't care if everybody's doing it. I don't care what they say about how to get a boyfriend. I don't care what they say about how to get a girlfriend. I don't care if they say, oh, you know, I heard on, the other, on TV the other day, someone was saying, don't you dare marry somebody you haven't had sex with first. See, that's a worldly philosophy. You subscribe to that, you've made a choice. And the choice you've made is to disobey God's word and live by another voice. But when you say, no, I will not defile my God with the world's doctrine, when you take a stand, Not for just taking a stand's sake, but because you're in relationship with your God and you know that God is a rewarder of those that seek him, God can release things to you. And that's what Daniel did. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's jealousy. I wish I had a church that would say we would not defile ourselves according to the world's delicacies. Can I get an amen on that? I wish there was some single people who would listen to what God's word says about being single rather than the doctrine of the world. I wish I had some married folks that would put God first in their life. I wish I had some parents that would say, we will not raise our children according to your voice, but according to the voice of God. Look what happens to Daniel. So now God brought Daniel into favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my Lord, the king, who has appointed your food and your drink. He's basically saying this. Hey, Daniel's saying, hey, listen, don't give me don't give me the food that you're giving them. All I'm going to do is fruits and veggies. And the the chief eunuch says, man, I can't give that to you. These other guys are going to be getting all strong and they're going to be getting all gaining weight. You're going to be over here shriveling away. You're going to get me in trouble. And Daniel does something. He puts out a challenge. He does something. He puts out so much faith in his God. He says this, I guarantee you that I'm going to look better than those cats over there. My life is going to look better than those that are living by the world system. I wish I could get a church that would challenge the world and say, my life is going to be better if I do it right. 
Why y'all golf clapping me today? If you're going to clap, clap. Because here's what we see most of the time. We see a church trying to be like the world. We see believers that are, we're consumed with not standing out. We're consumed. And the more somebody looks like the world, the more we like them. The more we see somebody that is worldly, we think, oh, man, that's, I want to be like that. But God is looking for a people that would challenge the status quo and say, God, if I do it your way, will you advance me beyond them? Because that's what David did. David put it all on the line. For you poker players, he was all in. He took every chip, every dollar, pushed it to the center and said this, my hand is going to beat all of y'all's. I wish I had a church that would make that same declaration. Now look at the last portion of that. It says, and at the end of the 10 days, the features on Daniel and his friends appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Guys, this story is a foretelling of what we should be doing in the end times. Taking a stand to live right for God so that we stand out to everybody else. But you know what we've done? We've put down God's standard. We've picked up the world's so that they'll like us. We've put down God's standard and we've just tried to fit in with everybody so that they'll like us. And guys, can I just tell you, that's a choice. And it's a choice that comes with consequences. Now, please, let me bring some balance to this. In no way, shape, or form am I telling you we got to go back to the old days uh, where, you know, you can't do nothing fun. You can't listen to secular music. You can't watch TV. You can't go. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? What's in your heart? Having a heart after God having a priority after God. I'm not talking about staying away from, from having fun and, and people in the world and stuff. We got to engage them. Y'all know me. I watch TV. Come on, y'all know me. I listen to music, okay? I do all that stuff. But you know what's in my heart? My heart is that I will live my life according to his statutes. And can I just tell you, I've been doing it since I was a very young man. I remember when I gave my life to the Lord at 19 and I said, God, I'm all in. I made a decision. I'm going to live by your statutes, Lord God. And what you're going to do with my life, you're going to elevate me. I'm not going to have to elevate myself. And everything that I wanted from God, I put on him. And so I remember being 19 and, and God saying, hey, listen, I need to fix your mindset about women. I don't want you to date anybody. I said, okay, God, if that's what you want from me, I'll do that. And I separated myself. Went one year. I thought, okay, God, I'm ready. Anytime you are, God, I'm I'm ready, you know. (laughs) Two years went by. Okay, God, all right, this experiment's over, right? Three years, four years. But see, I had to obey God for me. And I'd made a choice. I'm going to live by your statutes, God. And when I did that, God rewarded me. He rewarded me. Can I just tell you this? Don't be afraid of hard things that you do for God. I remember when God called me to go to Florida. Do you know he called me to a church that I didn't want to be in? You know, he called me to a city that I didn't want to live in. 
You know, he put me around people that I didn't want to be around. Oh, well, you know, that does, well, why would God do that? Because he loves me. And, you know, I stayed, and I've told you this story many times. I would walk my bedroom floor, and I would talk to myself, God, this is where you put me, so I love it. And, the, my, and those voices would be go, yeah, you love it, but everybody makes fun of the way you talk. You're the only brown person in the church. They look at you funny. They don't invite you to dinner after church, all this stuff. But I go to my home, and I say, God, I love it here. I love it here. And I would talk louder the more I felt like I hated it. My flesh would be like, no, you don't. You hate it here. No, I love it here. Ha ha. And I would laugh and you'd think I was crazy. <laughs> Matter of fact, I had a roommate at the time and he was from Alabama. He'd come out. I'd come out the room after doing all that. He'd go, man, you okay, man? You all right? And I had to sit there and explain to him, you know what? I'm telling you what, I don't like it here, but God's put me here. So I'm making myself love it. And did you know, after a year and a half of doing that, in Tina walks into my life. And I said, Hello. And I felt like God was there with ready to smack me and go, this is why I kept you here, fool. And you wanted to leave. And you was crying, nobody likes me. But I had to keep you here so that I could bring her from her life in Louisiana with the crocodiles and alligators. She loves when I talk about that. I had to bring her from there to here. To meet you, the light bulb went on. But I had to obey. You know what she is to my life? A reward for doing something hard. And we got a generation right now, ain't nobody want to do anything hard. We want the easy route. We want the easy route. Guys, this thing you're in with God is about obeying his voice. It's about obeying his voice. If I could get you to get to know him, first of all, you don't have to be afraid of him. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. If you choose his statutes, he'll reward you. That's what we're talking about. I've experienced this in my life. And I've had to do hard stuff. I had to be around sometimes uncomfortable places because God said, be there. We live in a day where everybody is just so fluid and flaky and it's about you. It's about me. Man, thank God I'm not driving the thing because I would have chosen everything easy. And you know what? I would have missed out on some amazing, amazing blessings. Let me keep going. So in the story, Daniel receives blessing because of his obedience. And it goes on in Daniel 117. These are the blessings that David, uh, I'm sorry, that Daniel received. It says, for these four young men, God gave them knowledge skill in all literature, wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. And the king interviewed them, and among them, listen to this, none was found like Daniel and his friends. Therefore, they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom, understanding about which the king examined them, he found them, listen to this, ten times better. Ten times better. I'm believing for a church full of people that are 10 times better. You need a man that's 10 times better. Come on, ladies. Ladies, you didn't give me a good enough amen. I said, you need a man that's 10 times better. This area is filling me over here. Y'all just looking at me like you don't have a 10 times better man. 
We can fix that. We can fix that. That's what it says. Guys, God is so strategic with his word. You got to catch this today. Because when you live by his statutes, it can make you 10 times better. But we want to live by the population that is 10 times less. And we get on Instagram and we want to be like this person and that person, and they don't know God. I call that foolish. It's foolish. Now, I'm trying to make it plain. It is foolish, but we all know it's also a struggle. It's a struggle to not fit in. Guys, it's a struggle to be the kind of church that we are. Because I see so many churches I want to be like, because they might be able to gather a crowd quicker or faster. But God's given me a mandate to preach to you, to challenge you a little bit. But the temptation is there because, well, you know, we could be like all these other people. And God says, I ain't called you to do that. And I go, but yeah, 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 but, but, but they're doing it. God says, haven't you learned yet that if you just trust me, I reward you? And he's saying that to you this morning. Don't cheat on the job. Don't join in with all the coworkers that are gossiping, that are talking bad about the boss that are leaving late. Don't join into that stuff. Listen, I know your boss ain't perfect. Pray for him. That's what you should be doing. Pray for him. Encourage him. Sow into him. That's the statutes of God. Those are the rewards come in. So he says, man, at the end of this time, they were 10 times better. Now listen to this. They were 10 times better than all the magicians, astrologers who were in this realm. So, guys, there's some rewards, but what, were, what are the rewards for? I want you to write these down if you're taking notes. You get rewarded for these things. Number one, refusing the delicacies of the world. What are the delicacies of the world? Well, delicacies always speak of food, the food you eat, which we told you last week in the Bible. When it talks about food, it's talking about what you believe, your doctrines. That's why the Bible is called the bread of life. And you eat the bread, you eat the doctrine, you develop your belief out of God's word. It's your food. Well, the world is food too. The world is food. And at some point, you've got to refuse to eat the world's food. Some of the things you believe about the opposite sex, you got from the world. Some of the things you believe about life, you got from the world. You adopted the world's philosophies. God says this, don't eat that doctrine. Don't elevate money over God. Don't live like that. Take the delicacies of his word because his word is is where the reward comes in. So Daniel, the first thing they did is they refused to live according to the belief systems of the world. And can I tell you this today? That's something we all got to do. Can I tell you? I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to choose to believe God when I have a need. I got to choose to believe that when I give offerings and I tithe and I sow, that God is going to give me a harvest for it. That doesn't come from the world. You know who teaches us that? The Bible. But we've got to make a choice. Number two, the other thing we've got to, we'll get rewarded for doing that Daniel did, is refusing the wine of the world. 
What is the wine of the world? Well, the wine of the world speaks of the pleasures of the world. Not all the pleasures. Can I just tell you something? All flesh ain't bad. Somebody say, thank God. God made you fleshly beings. He wants you to enjoy the earth. You know how we know? Man, you ever think about what's gone into fruit? Anybody here like fruit? If you don't, we'll pray for you after. Fruit is nature's candy. I've had such a fond uh, 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 appreciation for fruit like I've never had because I've been fasting. Fruits and vegetables. And man, when you get some fruit after you ain't had no sugar, oh, come on, somebody. It's an amazing thing. But you know what's incredible about fruit? The Bible tells us God's created those things for you to enjoy. Did you know if God wanted to, he could have just made all food taste the same? He could have just said, well, I want my people to be filled up on food, and I'm just going to make it all the same. But no, man, he created apples, oranges, mangoes, grapes, strawberries. Oh, and you go to other nations, you get rambutan. Oh, you get, you get lychee. Oh, you get green mangoes from the Philippines. Oh, my gosh. That's, they used to go on a mission trip just to get some green mangoes from the Philippines. There's this fruit all over the world that's just amazing, and it's all different. There's vegetables all over, and it's all different. And then when you mix spices, and th- you know what? God gave that to you to enjoy. This, that's who he is. But you got to know there are some pleasures that God has asked us as his people to give up. Let me say that again. There are some pleasures that God is asking us to give up. And the reason he asks us to give those things up, you ready? Is because it's not going to help you. It's going to hurt you. Now, the world's going to tell you this. If it feels good, do it. Do what you want. Don't matter what the Bible says. You was born that way. You, you like this thing or you like that thing. It don't matter what God says. If you like it, do it. God's word says otherwise. And you have to make a choice. Will you push away the delicacies of the world and choose? You know what the opposite of doing that is? Choosing discipline. Discipline. That's the opposite. That's what Daniel did. Sure, he would have liked to enjoy that food that the people were eating. Could you imagine them at dinner time? They're living in the palace. These other guys are eating the best food in the world. Steaks, chicken wings, come on somebody, duck, burritos, whatever. And they're going in every week. They're going in. And these cats over here having a salad with a side of apples. Guys, you know what that is? It's called discipline. That's why Jesus said this, go into all the world and make disciples. You know what a disciple is? A disciplined one. Somebody that can say no to the world's delicacies. Do y'all know what we have in church today? People that don't say no to the world's delicacies. People that will go to the club on Saturday, every Saturday, and still come to church and be okay with it. You know, I get it. When you're starting out, when you're a baby, just get here. Just get here. We'll change the diapers when you get here. Come on, somebody. You went out last night. You got a dirty diaper on. Come to church. We'll clean you up. But at some point, at some point, you got to choose. You got to choose 
the delicacies of the world, or discipline. That is why Jesus says this, be a disciple. Because a disciple means a disciplined one. And so when you choose to follow Christ, you make a declaration. I will not live like the world anymore. I will live like the word. I've said it before. You can live in the world. I'll live in his word. And I can tell you things you ain't never heard. Because his word comes with rewards. Can I get an amen on that? So this is what we've got to look at and examine our lives. Now, can I just tell you the rewards? Here are the rewards. Go to that next slide. The rewards for doing this as I close right here. The rewards for, for, for refusing the belief systems of the world, the rewards for disciplining ourselves over the flesh and over the pleasures of the world. The, reward, the rewards that Daniel had was, number one, favor. The Bible said God gave Daniel favor. Did you know in the story of Daniel, he was elevated to the second in command right after King Nebuchadnezzar. In the land, you know what that means? In the world, because they dominated the world of their day. Can I just paint a picture for you real quick? The Hebrew children were coming from a nation that was very primitive. It would have been like farm boys who lived out in the bush or, or Indians from the Amazon getting transported to New York City and being marched right down to uh, 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 Madison Square, not Madison Square, uh, Times Square. And you imagine these kids, they ain't never seen buildings, ain't never seen technology, walking into these incredible courts and God taking one of them and making them the second in command. That's favor. They didn't have the education that everybody else had. They didn't have the advantage that everybody else had. But you know what they did have? A God who rewarded their their decision to live for him. And God will do the same for you. He'll give you favor on your job. You don't have to cheat like everybody else. You don't have to, you know, rip the boss off by coming in late and leaving early. You don't have to be the gossip. You don't have to play by those rules. God will reward you with favor. Number two, the second thing God will reward you with is enhanced abilities. Enhanced abilities. That's what it says that Daniel got. His, the, the abilities that they had went beyond their natural. Can I just tell you something? I've experienced this. Some of you have experienced this. Listen, if you'd have known me in high school, I didn't have the ability to do this. It wasn't even in me. That's why, you know, when my mom was alive, she used to tell me, mijo, you know, I I didn't even know that this was in you. Why? Because it wasn't until I said, God, I'm going to follow your statutes. Let me blow your mind for a minute. What's in you waiting to get out, but you haven't made a choice to only eat God's delicacies? You're still tipping and tapping. You're still playing footsie with the world. You still believe in what they believe. Challenge your beliefs with the word. Challenge them. What do you believe about life? What do you believe about who you are? What what do you believe about sex? What do you believe about drugs, alcohol? What do you believe about partying? and, And what do you believe about everything? Challenge it. Challenge it. Because what God wants to do, he wants to give you this Daniel blessing and put favor and enhanced abilities on you. I've seen it with some of y'all. I've seen it with our worship team. Man, 
How many enjoy our worship here? I know I'm, I'm giving lots of pats on the back today, but that's all right. They deserve it. But I remember when some of them started and they wasn't dancing up here. Unless this was a dance right here. Their knees were, <laughs> might have been. They were scared and, oh, I don't know about all this. And, you know, and now, now, their voices, their abilities. Come on. Vinny picked up the bass in what? A month? Now, Vinny, you good. You good. But could it be that God's given you an enhanced ability? Because you've made a choice. Guys, what would God do in your life if you would just cut away from the, what the world's trying to convince you of? What kind of life would you experience? I often try to think of my life without God, and you know what? I, I can't find it. I don't know what my life would have been like without God. I can't find it because I know the life I have is only because of the the choices I've made to cut away from the world and live in his way. So the second reward you get is enhanced abilities. You better know when you get promoted who did it. You better know. You better know. You better know when you get that girlfriend who gave her to you. You better know. You wasn't that fine. You better know when you get that man that you get who gave him to you. Because you're kind of mean and he still loves you. You got a little attitude, but he still overlooks it and he loves you. You better guess what? Guess who gave you that? God. Because that's part of his covenant. Can I get an amen on that? Number three, a reward for, for leaving the world is supernatural abilities. Supernatural abilities. God's trying to recruit you into the X-Men. Supernatural abilities. That's what Daniel had. You know what what the Bible says? He was 10 times better, not just than the average bear. Y'all didn't watch Yogi Bear. Okay. That went over like a lead balloon. Everybody over 40, maybe you got it. It just wasn't funny to you. He wasn't talking there 10 times better than the average person. He was saying you're 10 times better than the magicians and the scientists of the day, the astronomers. These were the guys in charge of technology. And he took farm guys and put them over them. That, people, is a supernatural ability. Then he gave Daniel the ability to interpret dreams. Guys, what will God do for you if you'll make a choice today? He'll give you these rewards. Number four, fourth reward that's waiting for you is the anointing. The anointing. And this is what I believe makes you 10 times better. The anointing. It's an amazing thing. Number five, the other reward that you get when you follow God is promotion. Promotion. Number six, influence. Influence. The Bible says the king's heart was turned towards God. You know why some of us never can lead anybody to Jesus? We have no influence. Because we won't leave the old ways and we're trying to find a place 
where we can be like the world and still serve God. But you know what that's called? That's called having the form of godliness, but no power. Many people have made me the enemy sometimes. Like, oh, pastor don't understand. He, you know, he being too hard. No, all I'm trying to get you to do is make a choice. If you're going to follow God, follow God. We can only change your diapers for so long. And then at some point, you've got to choose to grow. And the last reward that we all get is salvation. Salvation. What is salvation? It's help. It's being saved from fire one day, eternal fire. We don't talk about it in church a lot anymore, but guys, hell's a real place. It wasn't made for us. You know, it was made for the devil and his angels. It wasn't made for you and I. But can I just tell you, as I started out to talk about today, there's consequences to not choosing God. God's will for your life's not just going to happen. You got to choose it. A great marriage in your life is not just going to happen. You got to choose it. Great kids, they're just not going to happen because they came out of you. You got to choose to have great kids. Everything's a choice, but the first choice you got to make is that you're going to live for God and leave the old mindset of serving yourself. I want you to bow your heads for a moment. Father, I just pray right now for every person that is here. I ask in Jesus' name, Lord God, that they would hear your voice. That they would know, Lord, that there's rewards for seeking and serving you. There's also consequences for removing ourselves from where you put us. I think that this is your way of telling me something. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store. And you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.